Hello everybody and welcome to DMDR. This is your host Jeremy Connor. This is episode number 13 and this one is going to be about bullying. Now this is something I've experienced personally and I figure most of y'all have as well. But guys, it's getting a lot worse. The whole reason that I'm even doing it on this one is just recently, uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, the Cape Central football team, a lot of those boys assaulted one of their guys in the bathroom and was rubbing their junk on him. They had a video of it. Apparently they've been torturing this boy for a long time and not a real big to-do came of it. Basically, those involved got like three days suspension and luckily the parent is throwing nine kinds of hell and I'm hoping getting the law involved because in my opinion, that's sexual assault. Now, allegedly the boys were clothed, but rumor has it that that boy got teabagged as well. Now, I've been in locker rooms and I know that there are plenty of boys out there that ain't got no damn shame to pull some shit like that. So I hope they actually do a full investigation. But here's the problem. It involves football. And for as long as there's been football, they'll let them bastards get away with anything. Every podunk school, every major school, the sports guys get away with damn murder. Because sports brings in the damn money. Them's the ticket sales. It's always been like that and it probably always will. Because no one's willing to do shit about it. That football team just played a big deal game and just the fact that they were allowed to play and i don't want to hear well they're just kids kids my ass from 13 on up you know exactly what you're doing and this is coming from a guy i've been on the business end of some bullying and you can't tell me the guys that were torturing me every damn day didn't know what the hell they were doing and it's just infuriating that no one's no one's going to do nothing about it and here's the deal one of the things that you're going to hear a lot is well Someone needs to teach them kids how to stand up for themselves. So, the horseshit and all that is, is some kids just ain't wired that way. Some kids will never fight back, and they shouldn't even have to. The son of a bitch that can't keep their fucking hands off of them is the one that needs to learn how to keep their hands off of people. It shouldn't be up to the kid getting fucked with to have to learn to defend himself. But that's not the world we live in, is it? But there's just some people that can't be taught how to defend themselves. Some are disabled, some just aren't physically strong enough to stand up, because a lot of these damn bullies ain't tiny people, they're big bastards that like to throw their damn weight around. Like hell, that kid getting bullied. Getting bullied by a whole team of football players? Yeah, I can totally see him whooping their ass. Because another nice thing about bullies is, is they tend to roam in damn packs. Sometimes there was just one fellow messing with me, and sometimes there was a gaggle of them fuckers. My daughter's been through bullying, to the point where we had to pull her out of school for a year. Thank goodness she found some meanness in her, learned to fight back. My son, hell, he's homeschooled. And the funny thing about my son is, is he's a big, tall kid. For his age, he's going to be a big guy. And he's already a big kid now in comparison to his peers. But he's a sweet, nice kid. But he's a tall, stocky kid. If he had any meanness in him, he'd be dangerous. But he's a sweet kid that tries to mind his own damn business. And that's like flies to a damn honey as far as a bully goes. Hell, I've been there. When I was in school, I just tried to mind my own damn business. But I tell you what, especially on the school bus, oh man, they people just wouldn't leave me the hell alone. And it wasn't one of those, I was a weird kid and was asking for it type of shit. No, I was a quiet kid. I didn't go around pestering people. I just sat to myself. And I'll be damned if that's not what a bully loves. And I was also one of those that I didn't want to hurt nobody. Even when I was being hurt and messed with, 
and it took my dad saying buddy you're gonna have to stand up for yourself and this was with me being a tiny kid like i'm a full-grown adult and i'm five 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 six i was little when i was in school and so it got to the point where i had to fight back i've only been in two fights and the first one i feel like i won and i didn't really get messed with after that my second fight wasn't until you know 20 years later that's because me and some of my buddies got drunk and got stupid but it's it's dumb that people can't keep their damn hands to themselves so the whole teaching your kid to stand up for themselves works for some kids but it don't work for all kids just as much just as much as you can't teach a bully how to not be a bully people are just dirty pricks and it, it sucks that that's the way it is but that's the way it is but take it for me the public school system has failed and has failed for many many years it didn't work when i was a kid and it's gotten a lot worse now because not only have i been through the school system but i've also worked for the school system and it's a crock of shit your kids ain't getting protected they're not and it's not just from bullying so a quick story i was a janitor at an elementary school and part of my job was cleaning the school cafeteria and the cafeteria was also the gym and so the cafeteria tables folded up into the wall and this was an old setup and how it worked was you pushed the table into the wall and it latched well the latches were at the very bottom of the table next to the wall where anybody could get a hold of them and you know how kids are they'll run their hands under anything and if there's like a little button to push they're going to fiddle with it and I always thought man that's a bad idea well I learned twice what happens when them tables fall out on you because I had a couple of times where the table didn't latch right and that heavy bastard bonked me right on top of the head twice and here I was grown man over 200 pounds and it rung my shit and each time I'd tell the principal or the principal secretary, hey, this could really mess a kid up. And they were laughing their ass off because I got bonked on the head by a table. Stupid bitches. Makes me mad. And here's why it makes me mad. So I ended up leaving that job. It was kind of soul wrecking because there was good teachers, but there was also quite a few shithead teachers. They're so thirsty for teachers that they'll just hire anybody that's been through the college classes. And I met some really good teachers, but I met some dopey fuckers, too, that are teaching your kids. But anyway, fast forward a few years after I had left that school, apparently in the same school system had that same setup, the same table setup for the cafeteria slash gym. Well, one of them tables unhinged and hit a kid on the head and killed him. And I raised nine kinds of hell over that all over Facebook, saying, hey, I told these assholes that was going to happen. And the outcome of that is is they changed the tables in that particular school. All the other ones kept the same shit. And that school ain't the only school that has that table set up. Most of the older schools have that cafeteria table that pushes into the wall set up. And it's long been known that those are dangerous. Here's a clip from Fox News talking about the same thing. A different boy got killed exact same way. When a school table crushed and killed a kindergartner last year, parents were horrified and the Philadelphia School District vowed to keep children safe. Tonight, Fox News has an exclusive interview with that boy's mother, who's speaking out for the first time about the accident. Jennifer Frederick is at Diston Elementary School tonight with a story, Jen. George, things have changed here at Diston, but that's not the case in other schools. And there is a woman tonight who's wondering why not. Again, Jonathan Casalino was crushed and killed by a school lunch table here. So now his mother wants to make sure no other family endures what she's gone through. 
He loves school. He loves school. Jonathan Cozzolino also loved the distant school cafeteria. It was his place to shine. Vanished suddenly last February, Cozzolino was crushed and killed by this folding table. Seconds before, he was standing in line for lunch. The police crime scene pictures obtained exclusively by Fox News showed the position the table was in before the kindergartner was hit. Upright, potentially dangerous. To think the thought of dropping your child off at school, your kindergarten child, and having your child literally coming home in a coffin is the unthinkable. Unthinkable and chilling, but it's no freak accident. Listen to this. Before Jonathan died, six other children were killed because a table fell on them. The tables now come with a warning from manufacturers the Consumer Product Safety Commission ordered them to include. But after looking into this case, seeing all of the police reports on file, the lawyer representing the Casalino family wonders why parents aren't told more about just how dangerous the tables are. There is no warning sign that could be put on these tables that can make them safe. They are prone to tipping. They have a high center of gravity. They're a disaster and a danger waiting to harm some child. The CPSC says children should not be allowed to play, push, or even move the tables. But more than a year after the heartbreaking and horrific wake-up call at Diston, some Philadelphia schools still store the tables upright in gyms, in rooms where children play. How do we know? We asked the experts. Of course, their parents said it was okay. They look like tall statues standing against the wall. The table's flat. It's like an upside V. Fold it up. you like that. Shocked? We were too. Still, the table position is just one of the things that disturbed us. Has anyone ever told you to stay away from the tables? No. During gym class? No. Anyone ever told you they're dangerous? No. A school spokesperson says children aren't warned because they are never in the gyms unattended. Most times, that's about 30 students with one teacher. Klein says it's not enough. I know that if I were in charge of any school, I would personally see to it that this type of table was not in my school. The tables are not expensive. Most cost less than $500. Replacing them years ago when the CPSC first said they were dangerous would have saved Jonathan Cozzolino's life. It's something his mom can't stand to think about. I feel like I'm less of a mother now because I don't have him to bring the good out of me. Parents should tell their children, look both ways crossing the street. Don't talk to strangers and look out for those folding tables in the cafeterias. Now, a spokesperson for the school district had quite a bit to say about this story. First of all, he says that children are safer in a school with lunch tables like this one than they are crossing the street or, quote, being surrounded by pit bulls. He also said that there are quite a few pieces of equipment inside the school that children are not supposed to play with, but, quote, none of them are determined a hazard. In the Tacony section, I'm Jennifer Frederick, Fox News. So apparently it's a whole lot cheaper to slap a fucking sticker on a table than to get a safer table. And the dumbass that said that your school is safer than your kid being surrounded by pit bulls? Someone smack that dumb motherfucker in the mouth. It's like saying your kids at school is a lot safer than shooting them in the face with a fucking shotgun, you stupid ass. God damn, people are stupid. And schools get funded by our tax money, right? Where's the fucking money going? It's, it's just a damn 
mystery of where this school money's going. Though I can tell you a lot of it's going to sports. But any damn way, got a kid dead that didn't have to be dead. They're blowing your fucking money and you know it. The school that I worked in was all the time having little renovations. They would knock down the playground, put the playground in a different spot, put a walking trail in. Well, then they get rid of the walking trail and they put in a parking lot. There was, in a school system, there is always some sort of construction going on. And I don't understand why nothing ever gets done. The money's going somewhere, but no one knows where. The school system that I came from myself, hell, it's run down to hell. And it's, you know, very rural. And these kids just ain't got a damn chance no more. I believe there is a definitely a place for sports. I believe they deserve funding. But what we need is more teachers and more hall monitors. Like actual adults. I'm not talking some kid with a fucking sash. I'm talking school bus. Where I'm from, most of the school buses only have the school bus driver. There is one adult for a shit ton of kids. And he's got to keep his eye on the road. And then he's also expected to keep them kids under control. And it ain't going to happen. High schoolers are sneaky. Little kids are loud. There's no control on that many kids being one adult. And when I was a kid, I tell you what, the bus driver whooped the dog piss out of you. That's gone. That ain't that ain't a thing no more. And a lot of people is like, well, good. They, they shouldn't. Well, I can tell you, things were bad in the 80s. But looking at kids now, guys, they really need to bring back corporal punishment. The school I was from would beat seven shades of shit out of you. And you'd still have some asshole kids. But it's nothing like it is now. Man, that's why... I've as far, as long as I can afford it, my kids ain't going back to public school. People say, well, how about socialization and how to learn to deal with other people? Oh, my kids get social. We hang out with other people. And it's not so much, it's, it's not as much that I'm trying to protect my kids from other people. I'm trying to protect my kids. I'm trying to be like y'all's damn kids. Raising a bunch of goddamn heathens. I've seen people get tortured to the brink. I've seen the after effects of it. I know a fella right now lives in New Orleans, and is just having a shitty life. And a lot of that's from the trauma, because I got picked on this kid. Got tortured every day. Every single day. It seemed like every hour he was in school, he was getting messed with. And I can't fault the kid. Well, I mean, he's a 40-year-old man now. that's still having a hard go at life. With my bullying, I was fortunate to have excellent parents. I had a good support system at home. A lot of these kids getting bullied don't even have that. Their family lives suck just as much as their school lives do. This is a subject I'm going to be touching on a lot because it it pisses me off. I hate bullying of any kind. I did an episode about pestering short people. In the future, I want to do one about obese people. You know, no one should make anybody else feel bad if they're minding their own damn business. If you want to eat Twinkies from sundown to sunup, that's your damn business. You're not bothering me. Now, if you're being a fat prick, then yeah, that affects me personally. But if you're just minding your own damn business, live your life. And there are plenty of examples of what bullying is doing to our nation. I'm just a dumbass with a microphone. But there are plenty of experts, and I'm going to have you listen to a few of them. And here's what they got to say on the subject. Let's hear from child psychologist Dr. Stephanie Mahalis. So I think that it's very difficult as a parent when you realize that your child comes home every day and says, my teacher's not listening, the administrators aren't listening, and as a parent, you want to intervene. So 
The first thing is your child needs to tell you every day what's happening. And if they're old enough, they should be documenting on site the day, the time, and who was involved and what happened. Because once you start to have a paper trail, then you can start to tell the school exactly what's been happening and that you actually have documentation of it. The second step once you have documentation is to find the legal statutes of your state regarding what you can do in terms of prosecution. Because bullying has detrimental effects. It has long-term effects in terms of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. It has long-term effects in terms of children ending up in abusive long-term relationships with their significant others. And it has long-term effects in terms of major depressive disorder. So as a parent, if you don't actually tell the school that you have documentation and that you know the legal statutes of the states in terms of prosecuting the school and prosecuting the students that are bullying, then you won't have any leg to stand on and your child may be, um, have the possibility of having long-term psychological effects. So that is excellent advice. She's saying parents keep a paper trail, build up a case, build up some evidence because unless you got any kind of proof and every Every teacher, every principal, every superintendent, don't give a shit about your kid unless their ass is on the line. That's just the truth. They've got a ton of kids to look after, and you got to give a little sympathy for the administration and the teachers because there's a lot of asshole parents out there that's going to bitch and moan about every little thing. Little Tim Tim, you know, didn't get the grade they thought they should get. They just, I can tell you from seeing with my own two eyes that there's a lot of weird parents out there that just clogs up the education system. So if you care about your kid, listen to them if they say they're being bullied. Write down everything that they know, who, who the bully is, what they're doing, the time they're doing it, the date. Because I tell you what, if a school administrator hears that you're lawyering up, that will get their damn attention. It's the only way to get their attention. And, you know, with America, it's your word against theirs. So you have got to keep some really, really good documentation and parents don't you be a pussy either don't just shrug it off and say hey kids will be kids they're learning a life lesson from this horse shit suicide ain't a nice thing and it's getting so prevalent now because when i was getting bullied in school i was only getting it at school well now with the internet there's cyberbullying. you can't escape it and if you're a parent it's your damn job to look after that kid that you put in this world don't just let them fend for their damn self, you shit pisses me off. If you're any kind of decent human being, keep close tabs on your kids. And not just with bullying, make sure they're not being bullies. Make sure they're getting their homework done. Make sure they're happy and loved. Because a lot of the bullies ain't getting none of that either. Because they got dickhead parents. And there's some kids that are just assholes. We're all individuals. And sometimes you can't blame the parents. Because I know plenty of parents, good people, shithead kids. That's just... That's life. But it is your job to look after your kid. Also consider it the school's job to look after your kid. But you know that no one's going to take care of your kid like you. Man, I wish Mr. Rogers was still here. Because everything that man said was gold. And he'd have this fixed or at least pointed on. I'm going to have to dig around and see if there's anything with Mr. Rogers talking about bullying. Well, guess what? Mr. Fred Rogers was also bullied as a kid. Fred Rogers, aka Mr. Rogers, was bullied growing up. He described himself as a sickly, chubby boy. Peers called him Fat Freddy and he struggled to fit in. His parents were very overprotective, especially because of being the wealthiest family in his small town. He had a chauffeur drive him to school and pick him up for lunch and after school each day. 
He always felt different because of his severe asthma and his status as the rich kid. Wow, I didn't know that Mr. Rogers was wealthy as a child and that he was picked on. I knew that he was a Presbyterian minister and stuff as he got older, but this man was a saint of a human being. I remember watching him growing up. And guys, we need another Mr. Rogers for now. The fellow from Blue's Clues, he might be the next Mr. Rogers. I kind of hope that fella comes back because we need somebody. Look at you and look at all you have done and all you have accomplished in all that time. And it just, it's just so amazing, right? I mean, we started out with clues and now it's what? Student loans and um, jobs and families and some of it has been kind of hard, you know? I know you know. And I wanted to tell you that I, I really couldn't have done all of that without your help. That was Steve Burns of Blue's Clues, just killing it. But there was just something about Mr. Rogers where you knew that man was a man and he could take control when he needed to. As a matter of fact, there's a YouTube of Mr. Rogers that was at a award show and he's in like a room full of actors and actresses and I mean they hung on his every word like he was a teacher it was amazing you really need to look that up he actually made like full-grown actors and actresses cry because he was trying to get them to think about the people that put them in the position they are today which is amazing advice and a lot of those people have gotten so full of themselves over the years that they needed a Mr. Rogers to say hey you know look back at yourself and Think about the people that helped you get to where you're at, which is amazing. This is Fred Rogers' acceptance speech from the 1997 Emmy Awards. So many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here, some are far away, some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take along with me 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are. Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. Not a dry eye in the house. Whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. Special thanks to my family and friends and to my co-workers in public broadcasting and this academy for encouraging me, allowing me all these years to be your neighbor. May God be with you. Man, they just don't make them like that anymore. But they teach us all this stuff in school, and a small fraction of it's useful. But they need to teach us how to be humans, and how to treat other people. But they don't have the budget, they don't have the time. Which is, it's up to us to make them teach our kids what we need them taught. In Japan, they teach your kids based on your kid's personality. If they're not strong in math, they push them somewhere else. If they're strong in math and they have some really intense math classes up there but they don't try to make everybody cookie cutter we've all got our strengths and weaknesses these bullies out here are strong-willed if they could find something to teach them how to hone that in and to turn that into something good you're talking drill sergeants military you know leaders you know 
But a lot of these kids that has the mentality that they can throw their will on others, but use it for evil, if they would just get shown how to use that in a positive manner, and these kids would have a future too. There's nothing I love more than a strong kid that could be a bully, be the one that's advocating for the kids being bullied. That's the best thing ever. And just to prove a point of how inept schools are as far as protecting your kids, is there's plenty, I mean, you can search all through YouTube, a pretty deep rabbit hole of parents begging the school to help. And once the kid committed suicide, then all of a sudden they have this cookie cutter, oh, the kids are our top priority. Listen to this shit. They took his cell phone and they started texting his friends saying, do you know what happened? Why, what happened at school? Why did Matthew not want to return to school? And they started getting feedback from his friends, enlightening them to the existence of this video. A legal claim filed by the Burdettes in May alleges school personnel did nothing to protect Matthew or intervene to stop the harassment that ultimately led to his suicide. The school will not comment on this particular case, but released a statement that read in part, the safety and well-being of our students is a top priority. Back a lot of memories. It's a very similar incident to what happened in 2010 to Jane Clementi's son, Tyler. He was secretly videotaped in his Rutgers University dorm room while having a sexual encounter with another man. Humiliated by that video recording and its circulation, he jumped from the George Washington Bridge. Every person, if they see someone being harassed or intimidated or some type of bullying happening, they have a personal responsibility to speak up and say something. San Diego schools rejected the Burdett's legal claim in May. The family has four months to decide if it will file a lawsuit. Meanwhile, the teenager who took the video of Matthew is due back in court later this month and could be charged under California's anti-bullying law. And like I said earlier, when I was younger, my bullying pretty much well started and stopped at school. But with the internet now, the cyberbullying will kill your kid just as much as somebody kicking their ass. The mental anguish some of these kids go through, I don't think I would have been strong enough back then to handle it. And it should not just affect them boys. You hear a lot about boys, but girls are getting it bad. Countless amount of girls committing suicide over cyberbullying, and it's just a damn shame. That's why parents, you have got to watch what your kids are doing online. I've had to take my phone from my daughter. There's too many icky ass people out there. You can't just let them roam free with it. I still, I check my son's phone. He's nine years old. I personally don't think he needs a phone, but he's got one. And one of the contentions was, is okay, he can have a phone, but we're going through his damn phone. But here's a story by Rebecca Jarvis about a 12 year old girl that ends her life over just relentless bullying. Mallory to All-American Little Girl. But then on June 14th, near the end of her sixth grade year, Mallory took her own life because her parents say she was a victim of bullying. Now all that remains are pictures and memories. I have this cardboard box and that's her life. That's all we're left with, 12 years, and we're left with a cardboard box. Diane and Seth Grossman are now speaking out, hoping to prevent others like Mallory from hurting themselves. We have been flooded with thousands of messages about other children that have been bullied and tortured and harassed. And also, they say, to hold responsible the people they blame for their daughter's death. They taste something like this happening before people wake up and say, hey, enough is enough already. During the last school year, Diane and Seth say they began to realize that Mallory was having problems at her middle school in Rockaway, New Jersey. But we just chalked it up to the usual girls 
just teasing kind of thing, and then it escalated and got a little more out of hand. What are we talking about? She kind of had like a target on her back of, let's just pick on her, let's make her feel bad. They would, one girl called her fat, one girl called her ugly. Her parents say the bullying began in the classroom. Kicking her chair, not something so that the teachers could see, but just that repetitive tapping and calling her names very quietly behind her back. Then they say the bullying went digital via both text and social media. Malicious pictures, they, they took pictures of her on the school grounds. One post, Mallory asked them to take it down, and the girl wrote back never with the smiley face laughing. This past spring, Mallory's parents say they started to notice some disturbing changes in their daughter. It was just failing grades miserable, you know, and then it was, I've got a headache, I've got a stomach ache, and I don't feel like going to school. The Grossmans claim they repeatedly complained to school officials, but they say that their complaints were not taken seriously enough. What should they have done? When there's a repeat complaint pretty regularly, I think they should have said, you know what, let's take a stronger look at this and really see what's going on. In June, the Grossmans say they did have an exhaustive meeting at the school. The only thing that they said was, we're investigating it, We'll look into it. I know your frustration. And Mallory left their feelings so depleted. She just said, you just made it worse. She's like, you don't know these girls. You've just made it worse. She was upset. She was exhausted. Upset. I don't think she felt safe. Um, I think that she was um, just really sad. And was it that day that she died? Yeah, possibly four, four hours later. Although it had been a rough day, Diane and Seth say they didn't see it coming. She was gone, just like that. I don't think you can fathom what it's like to see your perfectly healthy child gone. So her parents is looking to school to sue the school and also to sue the parents of the kids that were picking on her daughter, and I hope that they kick their ass in court. I'm telling you guys, if you love your kids, pay attention. Pay attention that they're not getting bullied, and you pay attention that they're not being little assholes either. Your sweet little kid can be a dirty little prick behind your back. I've seen it. I will not have a damn bully in my house. It ain't going to happen. And if it does happen, and I find out about it, you're going to see some PS4s disappear, say goodbye to the cell phone, care enough about your kids to ask them about their day. Things now are not like when we were kids. It's gotten worse. Kids are naturally lazy and they don't want to go to school, but when it gets to the point where it's the constant stomach pains and never wanting to go to school, school should be a place like a refuge for kids to learn something and be social and make friends and not have to worry about some little shitheads making their lives miserable. I was on the business end of that and being bullied made me a bully for a little bit. That fella that lives in New Orleans now, I picked on him some, and it didn't make it right. Hurt people hurt other people. And guys, this is like a soul-destroying podcast. This shit makes me feel awful for humankind. And it does, it makes me just, I want to be a helicopter parent, but I can't, because my kids got to toughen up. But there's also that dance between, you need to teach your kids about how life is, but don't let other little fuckers impose their shit on you. I see a lot of rude kids, a lot of mean kids that have no empathy. They don't care about other people because they haven't been taught and they're probably not cared for themselves. Teach your kids to protect themselves and also buy shits. If someone's supposed to be in charge of your kids, such as teachers and principals and superintendents, you, you put their damn job on the fucking line if they don't do their job. 
I've seen it. I've seen how much they don't give a shit. They, at most, they'll pretend to just be heart-wrenched over your kid in front of you, and then just as soon as you leave their office, you're out and about doing their own thing. If they say, we're investigating, we're looking into it. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. It's your job to be like, listen here. And you just, you start out being calm. Keep that paper trail on not just the bullies, but also on the teachers you talk to and the principal. You know, hey, I on this date, I went to the principal to talk about this. They said they look into it. And every time you show up, you bring a pen and paper. Hell, record them if you got to. There's too many people not taking responsibility for your kids when they're supposed to be looking after your kid's safety. You're 24-7 looking after your kid's safety. You got bills to pay. You got jobs to do. But if you brought them kids onto this earth, you take care of them kids. And you make everybody accountable that's supposed to look after them for you. I don't trust babysitters. Hell, I barely trust family. You just read it over and over again. Kid gets molested. How many times is it the uncle and the brother that's the kid's dad never seen it coming? You got little kids. I don't care if they're boys or girls. You have a nanny cam and don't just think because they're a relative that you can trust their ass either. I tell you what, guys, take care of your kids. Why, why do you think this world is so shitty right now? We got a world full of mean people and we got a world full of nice people that won't do shit. So does that really even make them nice people? People won't act. This thing going on in Cape Girardeau has been going on a week now, and barely anybody's talking about it on Facebook. It has slowed down to a crawl. It's going to be forgotten now that, you know, Gabby Petito's in the news, and that sucks. But how about taking care of your community? There's not a thing in the world that I can do to get Gabby Petito justice, but what can we do about that boy that got assaulted in a damn locker room in my city? All I can do is raise hell, and it's, it's not even my school district. But that ain't even a point. It's every single school district. I don't care what school you go to. You go to a private school, there's bullying going on. I went to public school, and I went to private Christian school. And hell, it goes on everywhere. Boy bullies, and girl bullies, and teacher bullies. It's rampant. What we need, and what just pisses me off, is... Yeah, the school will have an assembly on bullying, like once a year. This is shit you gotta hammer into kids every single day. It, it should be, you know mathematics and English and how to treat other people we got too many shitheads running around because we're not teaching kids not to be shitheads when they're older I run into dopes every day in every shape size color and age I can tell you I've met some 90 year old dickheads from 9 to 90 I see little kids and I'm like man that kid's gonna be an asshole when he grows up and I'm probably right it's a damn shame y'all and I've seen the aftermath of being a bully I've known several that bullied the shit out of me and their lives suck. I don't know if that's because they were bullies, but it's because they didn't have support at home and loving parents. Because I'm sure that there are plenty of bullies with kind, loving parents that have this damn beehive mentality where the cute girl in school is picking on some kid. And so they just hover all over that girl because the cute girl or the good-looking jock or whatever. We're not taught to be individuals no more. And there's a lot of positive that comes from group thought but you got to be taught empathy apparently because a lot of people just ain't born with it people can't feel for other people a night of sorrow in southern california friends and family mourning the loss of 13 year old rosalie avila the teen took her own life after being relentlessly bullied at school and i woke up and there was screaming 
and I had to find my daughter hanging in a room. Rosalie left behind a letter apologizing, calling herself ugly and a loser. Suicide is now one of the leading causes of death among young people. Nearly 6,000 took their own lives in 2015. Child therapist well. Cheryl Ziegler says bullying well. is an epidemic. What we're seeing is that this has a tremendous effect on the fragile growing brain of a child. It's particularly dire in Colorado, where teen suicides have doubled over the last 10 years. It's a nightmare for any mother. In Aurora, the parents of Ashanti Davis are heartbroken. They say their daughter took her own life after being bullied. She was just 10 years old. We just want parents to know that you got to be in your children's life because this is reality now. We got to bury our baby. State Representative Daphna Michelson Janae is one of several Colorado lawmakers exploring legislation to combat the problem. This is a problem. It is real. It is an issue. And we have a responsibility as a community to stop it. A plea for awareness to prevent another night like this. Steve Patterson, NBC News, Los Angeles. Guys, your kid's safety is 100% up to you. Question everybody and everything that has any kind of contact with your kids. The private Christian school I went to, the fellow that used to run that, is in prison right now for molesting his daughters that he adopted. And the community was like, oh, there's no way this could have happened. Or shit, I had an uncle that molested his granddaughters. Well, instead of, you know, going to prison, he shot himself. And the community says, well, he was a fine, upstanding citizen. And how many times do you hear that shit? So you watch your kids like a damn hawk. For them first 18 years, you are responsible for your kids. Accidents happen. But make sure that you did everything you could to watch out for your kids. I watch mine like a damn hawk. And my wife is sometimes like, hey, you need to rein it back a little bit. But I can't. And I won't. I'm not exactly a helicopter parent, but I've just got a damn line in the sand where it's like, hey, you're playing too damn close to the road. Even if it's, you know, several feet from the road, I don't like that shit. Check out your schools. What kind of setup do they have? Is everything looking safe? And I think, especially if it's a school where a lot of the richer kids go, because poor kids know life is hard. Their life is hard every day, and they're, they're, work, they're, they're watching out for themselves. Because they have to. That's their life. The school I worked at, that's where, that was the area of town where a lot of the lawyers and the doctors and stuff lived. And so this was supposed to be, you know, a good school. But a lot of these fuckers are cocky. Oh, we go to such and such school. And a lot of the teachers and the administration are full of themselves because they get the good funding. And them's the bastards you gotta watch the hardest. You wealthy people, you absolutely have got to keep a close eye on your kids. And I'm not hating on wealthy people. Y'all deserve a happy life just as much as anybody. And I've seen with my own eyes, a lot of wealthy people are wealthy because they're just working, working, working their ass off. But it's killing their family. You gotta spend time with them kids. It's good to work and have money and put something back. But the best thing you can do is raise a good kid. And you can teach them financial responsibility. Don't make money to the point to where it's destroying your family and your connection with them i've seen wealthy families with asshole kids because that parent is working their ass off and they know they're not spending enough time with their kid so they shower their kids with shit and yeah your kids will appreciate getting all this fancy stuff but that runs out and they get bored what they need is you 
They need your time and love and attention, and the same for your spouse. If you're working so damn hard to make this money, but you're not happy, and you don't have a family life with your family, scale it down, you don't need a big house, and you don't need the nicest car. I would like to think if I was wealthy, I would make enough to where I got the bills paid. I had nice things, but it wasn't to be in debt for, because even wealthy people are in debt just for nicer shit. So if you can live within your means and still have nice things and have time, because time is way more important than any dollar you can make, you might have nicer toys, but your family's forever. So just watch after your kids and your spouse. Watch out for other people. I think if you're wealthy, that puts added pressure for you to kind of help the community. It ain't even got to be with money. Just be kind to people and teach your kids to be kind to people, especially teach your kids not to flaunt what they have and have empathy for people that don't have what they have. Teach them not to be bullies because a lot of these poor kids ain't got a leg to stand on. Not only are they destitute, but they probably got parents that don't give a shit about them. Maybe your kid is what can change their life. And again, I'm not talking about giving them money, just kindness. And at the very least, just not making that kid's day miserable. Because some of the biggest bullies that I dealt with was the ones that was on the paid lunch line. We had the free lunch kid line, and we had the paid lunch kid line. So there we are, sitting across the hall from each other, and everybody knew who the poor kids was, and everybody knew who the well-off kids was. And I hope that's changed how they do it now. But everybody that's on this planet right now has a right to be here. We say, well, no one's better than anybody else, but we don't act that way. We don't treat people basic human kindness. I've been guilty of it myself. I've judged people. You know, you see a bum on the street, and you're thinking, well, get a goddamn job. But you don't know their backstory. Maybe they had shitty parents and were abused, and that's how they escaped. They were never taught life skills. And some people will never learn. But as long as they're not bothering you, or trying to hurt you, just leave them be. Help them if you can. A lot of them can't be helped. But at the very least, show people kindness. Well, guys, sorry this was kind of a somber one. But y'all take care of each other. Most importantly, take care of others. Dig real deep within yourself to be a better person and a kinder person. And to fight for people that can't fight for themselves. Y'all take care of each other. Bye-bye. It's important for us to know that it's all right to talk about being afraid. In fact, that's one way of taking good care of yourself, talking about your feelings. Taking good care of you. For once, I was very little, too. Now, I take care of you. Growing is learning to take better and better care of yourself and everyone and everything around you. DMDR is a Hungry Purple Kittens production, written and produced by Jeremy Connor. Please message DMDR DMDR with Jeremy at gmail.com.